Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, I am fired up. We're recording mm. damn near midnight. But yes. we have got an absolutely loaded show, Shane. This It feels like we're in the middle of the season, all the content we got for the listeners. We were joking off air. We went from wrestling to 25 minutes of coach <laughs> comments here. Man, I couldn't be more fired up. How are you doing? No, no, I, I, I'm I'm totally pumped up. And, and you know, even just listening to these coaches talk, it, it, it's exciting because yeah. we're talking about real shit and real stuff that's going to impact SEC football and – and you could tell there were some heavy topics in there, man, some heavy subjects that they had to mull through because coaches come out like they were just put through the ringer here. And uh, and I love that a lot of them got to a podium because this is one of the things I was wondering, like, is there going to be some sort of mediator or something? Mm-hmm. No, man, the coaches are going to come out and kind of tell you exactly what was going on in there. So uh, very, very great. I, I think this is going to be one of your great, one of the best shows that you guys have heard in a while. Don't get me wrong. I love list <laughs> season and I love talking wrestling and I love talking all that, but I also like real content and this is some serious SEC football content content coming to you yeah we'll get to that in just a second Shane speaking of real news uh the uh, CBS SEC on CBS this is the final year of the contract remember before it all goes to ESPN ABC Disney Mm -hmm. so CBS has come out Shane and they have officially announced the very first SEC on CBS game of the week this season and again, the the first two weeks are is a ton of non conference games. They generally either don't have one at all, or uh, you know maybe they feature a non conference showdown, what have you. Well, this year once again, same deal. Third week of the season will be the first SEC on CBS game of the week, and it's M Dog Shane, South Carolina in Athens, two time defending national champion. The spread may be 24 points, Shane, but CBS going to be down there for it. You know, what's what's so funny, Shane, is you see reactions. It's, you know, you think this is cause for celebration. Georgia fans are pissed. They want night games. Tennessee fans are over here saying, oh, God, we got to go down to the swamp at nighttime. So nobody gets happy when when they have these announcements. Yeah, no, this was a well, this is classic lose lose situation for some of us. But, Mike, I'm going to be honest with you, brother. I'm a little butt hurt that Tennessee, Florida is not on there. And, and this is this is on you, Gators. This this shows you exactly the respect you're getting coming into this season. So that could quickly change. I hope I hope they just beat the shit out of Utah. And then everybody's like, all right, who made the decision for the South Carolina-Georgia game? Because I think that's exactly what's going to happen. But, you know, whatever. I think it's still going to be great. I mean, it's still fun talking about it. This is Gary's last run, you know, so I don't have to hear him kiss Florida's ass for for another Tennessee matchup. So I guess I'm not too butthurt here. But but a night game, I mean, I don't think you could go wrong. Florida in the swamp, Tennessee balls. You got 330 CBS game. A game South Carolina has beat. Georgia before. I'm not saying it's going to happen this year, but 
I'm not saying it can't, you know. So we talk right. about an epic showdown, and and who knows, CBS may have nailed this thing. So uh, yeah, no, I, this is this is what we do, baby. And uh, you know, we try to guess who's good and who's not. But that's the the awesome thing about that Saturday. We're gonna find out real quick. And uh, one of the South Carolina followers, Shane, they when I put this out, they they tweeted, uh, you know, putting on their helmet, putting on their bulletproof vest, putting on their pads, because they know they're, <laughs> they're going to be down in trouble down there at Athens. They got to get prepared. I just thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Georgia, Florida, obviously, that's always CBS, but that, yeah. that has been confirmed. Missouri at Arkansas, the day after Thanksgiving, that has also been confirmed as a CBS game. But I wanted to throw these two at you, Shane. CBS has also, they have not announced the games, but they have announced the dates for, you know, when they do their double header action. Mm-hmm. We got two of them. So, okay. October 14th, that's going to be the first SEC on CBS double header. Let's run down the games real quick that we'll have on October 14th. And I think it's fairly obvious which two they're going to go with. Texas A&M at Tennessee, that could be one hell of a game. Arkansas at Alabama, possibly, mm-hmm. if, if Arkansas has a really good season. Missouri at Kentucky. Shane, if we're both right about Missouri and Kentucky, oh, oh CBS, <laughs> I mean, I, you could do a hell of a lot better, or excuse me, a hell of a lot worse than Missouri-Kentucky. Auburn at LSU, mm-hmm. that's going to be an anticipated matchup. Florida at South Carolina, and then Georgia at Vanderbilt, so an, a loaded weekend of SEC yeah. football. Uh, but for me, Shane, I mean, and this is just speculation. Well, they'll make this determination obviously as we get much closer. But I think of those games, Shane. I think the early game is going to be Auburn at LSU. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't know, man. Could be, I, could be Missouri, Kentucky. Well, I, see, I think, that's the one I'm kind of like only... leaning into. It's like if yeah. we're going to get one early. You know, this is CBS's last run. You want to try to get as many teams that you – I mean, because you know they're going to be involved with the the Auburn-Alabama game, so you're going to see that one. You've mm-hmm. already mentioned LSU's going to have plenty of opportunities to have CBS. Right. How many times are you going to see – I mean, it could be an epic matchup between Mizzou and Kentucky. I think it'd be nuts on your way out not to, not to have those two teams because you and I are both thinking that they're going to be top 25 squads by this time. Right, right. So it's certainly that could be the the option, but I think the later option I think is a slam dunk, at least where I stand right now, Shane, and that's Texas A&M at Tennessee. It's rare yeah. that we get uh, that matchup. Thankfully, you know, we'll be fixing that soon in the SEC scheduling model, but that seems almost like a no-brainer that it's going to be one of the two CBS games. Yeah, I think I think you'd hit the nail on the head there. Another night game for them Tennessee balls. So I, I'm all for this one. I think it's going to be this game is probably one of the scariest ones on 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 Tennessee's schedule. I think people aren't talking about it near as much. Everybody wants to talk Alabama. Everybody wants to talk Georgia. But you know, Texas A&M's got some damn talent, and, they, and they're hanging out out there. And that's a team we're not definitely not going to be able to overlook. So I think that's going to be a hell of a matchup. All right, and then the other CBS doubleheader. Weekend, Shane, November 4th. Again, another loaded weekend of SEC action. A lot of quality games to pick from here. Missouri at Georgia. That was a hell of a game last year. Yeah. Could could see that one getting picked. Texas A&M at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. That's always a feisty one there. 
Auburn at Vanderbilt. Can't overlook that matchup. LSU at Alabama. (laughs) Let's not kid ourselves. That's the night game right there. LSU, Alabama, maybe the best game on the entire SEC slate. Arkansas at Florida, another potentially really good one. Kentucky at Mississippi State. And then there's two non-conference games, UConn at Tennessee. Hmm? Or (laughs) Jacksonville State, South Carolina. So, obviously, it's not going to be one of those two. But uh, I think for the early game, Man, maybe I'm just too high on A&M, Shay. But I'm sitting here. I'm thinking A&M at Ole Miss with the with the Jimbo Lane Kiffin stuff, the feuding, the fighting. Uh, hell, Lane Kiffin even today kind of trolled Jimbo Fisher. So I, I think if Ole Miss lives up to the hype and A&M, of course, I think I think we might be getting A&M Ole Miss as well. Yeah, no, I think you got a real good shot there. Or, or even if, depending on how the, I mean, even if they don't choose. Kentucky and Mizzou on the earlier go round, maybe they circle back around because that was a pretty awesome damn game last year with mm-hmm. Mizzou and Georgia. So I don't know. Maybe you can cue that one up. I, I think again, there's potential for that being a top fifteen, top twenty showdown. So uh, yeah, that 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 one's a little bit tougher, Mike, because it could go either way. I mean, if Arkansas ends up having a hell of a run, easily we're picking Arkansas, Florida here. So um, yeah, I'm. I'm <laughs> that that was too easy. That's too 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 tough for me to pick right now. Because <laughs> you could sit here, Mike. Seriously, you could sit here for five minutes. You could say, "No, I'm telling you, man, this Auburn Vanderbilt thing. It's going to be legit." And I'm like, you know what? Maybe they should do that one. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we just want to be entertained, Mike. Let's have some good games. Well, speaking of being entertained, Shane, that's what's going on down there in Destin right now. The spring meetings. We're sitting there wondering, well, our invitation must have got lost in the mail or something down there. We should be down there in Destin, you know what? But <laughs> this is the uh, next one, Mike. We 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 weaseled our way into to media days, and now we want to go to Destin. <laughs> That's why I'm doing all this walking, Mike. So maybe next year I'd be in better shape while I'm down there. Yeah, try to work out that beach bod, but. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, Shade, this comes via Ross Dellinger. Again, I love citing him because I think he's one of the best out there. But if the SEC does stay at eight, Shane, here's what he is reporting will be the matchups. Not a ton of surprises, but I just thought SEC fans would would appreciate this information. Florida, Georgia, obviously, you got we got to keep at the Iron Bowl, Alabama, Auburn, the Egg Bowl, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss, Texas, and Oklahoma. No surprise, which means we mm-hmm. wouldn't get Texas, Texas A&M. What the hell are we even doing this for? LSU, Texas A&M annually. Tennessee, Vanderbilt. And then Arkansas, wait, wait, wait. Missouri. LSU, uh-huh. A&M. Is that what you said? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Sorry. Tennessee, Vanderbilt. Late, sorry. Tennessee, Vanderbilt. Okay. Arkansas, Missouri, which held the Razorbacks don't even want. Yeah. And that just leaves us South Carolina, Kentucky. So – that would potentially be your permanence in an eight game. And I'm trying to sit here and say, this is what we want. This is what we want is our – I mean, I, I feel like nearly half the SEC is going to be unhappy with that. Yeah, Mike, I just – I don't know. I don't know how you please everybody. I mean, I, I'm, you're going to hear the coaches here in a minute. And, you know, I, I listen to Saban. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 that makes sense. And then I hear Eli and I'm like, well – Damn, he's got a point here. So it's like I could I, I feel like it's a yo-yo and 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 yeah. I could go either way, but 
Mike, you know, I've, I've been on this earth for 40 years, and, and, and when I think SEC, I think of a couple teams I just don't like, you know. And, and you don't like them because they're rivalries. And you, they're rivalries because you play them every year. And, and mm-hmm. I don't know. There's part of me that, that feels like we are losing a little bit of that uh, and, and chasing maybe the wrong thing here. So, I don't know, brother. I, I am I, The more I think about it, the more I'm a fan of a few more permanent games than uh that than this rotation yes it is fair and but uh you know because you want to see different venues and it's good for the fans but man sometimes some rivalries they just mean more man when we're smoking that cigar after that alabama win it meant more not just because you know alabama was the top dog but it's because it's a rival that i've watched since i was a kid third saturday in october and they just had our damn number for almost two decades so it mm-hmm. meant more and and i'll always think about i'll always have that game in, in my mind you know the tennessee georgia uh hell mary with jawan jennings you know it's like that game meant more because it's a team that has always been tough on us, you know. We ebb and flow. We've always had our run, and they have had their runs. But we're rivalries, and we're going to play each other every year. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting emotional. It's late at night and stuff. But uh, I just don't know if I'm quite ready to give up on all the rivalries. Don't get me wrong. Tennessee Vanderbilt, who's not going to sign up for that, Mike? I mean, seriously. Tennessee fans, yeah, we'll take that one. We'll, we'll get rid of Alabama. We'll get rid of, you know, these Florida matchups. And, you know, I mean, you're going to still have to face them in a, in a rotation, but not near as often. So, right. I don't know. I, I'm I'm a little uh, I'm a little torn on this. The the more these coaches talk, the, the, Eli especially, man. Damn, if you got a chance, listen to his whole clip. I mean, the, the man was on fire. Yeah. Well, we'll get to him in just a second, Shane, because Nick Saban was on one himself. Let's kick it over to the goat here uh i thought this was just hilarious it's just a a little sample here what uh what is he trying to accomplish in this meeting season don't put this on me you know i I was just down on the lake with miss terry and i i did what miss terry had to say just like i'm doing here (laughs) let's kick it over to dick Saban. coach what what are you trying to accomplish with these meetings what am I trying to accomplish? I mean, I get an agenda I for the meeting, and we go through the agenda. So the, there's, it's not like it's not my meetings, you know. I have an agenda when I have a staff meeting, and it's all my coaches there. All right, then this is my agenda. This is not my agenda, so I just do whatever I'm told. You take the marching orders, whatever they there's some days I've been taking marching orders for the last four days because I've been with Miss Terry at the lake <laughs> cleaning boats, boathouses, garages, and all that. I mean, look at my. <laughs> so now I'm on somebody else's agenda for today and tomorrow, and then I get back on my agenda when I get back and have people that I can tell what to do. All right, how much would you give to, to sit there, be a fly on the wall while Miss Terry bosses? Uh, Coach Saban around after you know he he rules his program with an iron fist. You know what? Oh, I love it, man. And apparently he said no a few times. You see him bruises on his arms. So. <laughs> 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 oh, Miss Terry, sorry. No, I, I think this is uh, this was funny, and and I always like I always like the you know because it humanizes him a little bit. And sometimes right. you think Saban, you think football and stuff, but then you hear Miss Terry come out, and you're like, oh yeah, man. This is a dude, you know. He's going through some of the same stuff we all are, you know. <laughs> we talk football in here, we have fun, but as soon as I get off here, I got to clean up some mess I made, or my <laughs> wife's going to get mad at me, you know. So, 
<laughs> but Nick Saban, Shane, he has always been in favor of playing more SEC games. He yeah. said, hell, give me 10 SEC games. We'll manage it. Now, mm, now we're seeing excuses. He don't want to play LSU. He don't want to play Tennessee. Oh, my God, Auburn's just hired Hugh Freeze. It's getting so tough on us. Uh, let's kick it over to him because he's asked. You know, do you, do you favor the nine? You've always been in favor of more SEC games. And it doesn't, certainly did not favor that uh, in these comments, in my opinion. <laughs> Nick, I think you, you favored a nine-game schedule for a while. Do you still feel that way about the SEC schedule? Um, you know, I, I don't – I think whatever happens, happens. Um, I, I think there's so many things that probably – sort of go into this in terms of eight games versus nine games, including TV contracts and things that are way beyond my scope of uh, visibility, um, that I'm sure a lot of those things will, you know, sort of factor into it. But I, I still am always of the opinion that we should pay all Division One games. Now, I've said this for years. So whether there's 60 teams in the Power Five conferences or 70 teams or however many there are, that uh, it's better for fans, it's better for strength of schedule, that we all play all Power Five, you know, games. So however we get to that, uh, I think that's the best thing. I think one of the more difficult things with going to nine games is, you know, we've tried to schedule two uh, out-of-conference Power Five games to try to improve our strength of schedule over the next, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten years. And um, if we go to nine games, we'll have to unwind that. So my, my deal is was always play more SEC games because we couldn't get other people to schedule. So now I think there's more people in tune to scheduling. So having a balance is probably the most important thing. Coach, this year overall, Alabama. All right, Chad. I never in my life would I thought Nick Saban was going to hide behind non-conference games, but that's essentially what he's doing here. He said, "Well, we got we went out here and we scheduled all these games. What we, what are we going to do? You know what I mean? Like, come on, it, it don't matter who you're facing, unless it's yeah. the Georgia Bulldogs in Athens. Alabama's going to be a favor favorite against everybody in the country. Um, I don't I don't know. I don't care for these excuses personally." No, no. I mean, it changes, and, and it's going to change uh, to, to fit the the Crimson Tide narrative here. I mean, yeah, and that's kind of what it is. When you hear these guys talk, it's like they're trying to better their situation, so not necessarily the entire SEC. I always feel like Saban is looking out for the conference as a whole, but mm. don't forget numero uno, and yeah. and I think that's part of the thing. It's just – we're in this transition and now that we've got more opponents in the sec and, and potentially more games, sec conference games, it's like, eh, yeah, maybe we dial back some of those, those comments I made a few seasons ago. <laughs> well, and then sticking on that theme shade. I mean, I, I appreciate, uh, you know, he's not giving us straight coach speak. He's being passionate. He's, he's giving his true opinions here, but it's almost like, let's play the world's smallest violin for Nick Saban because he's upset that NIL's not standardized and it, this yeah. team may have more than them. And nah, 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 nah. Let's kick it over to his comments on uh, on standardizing NIL. College, sorry, college football, we've become 
seemingly more transactional transport transfer portal nil we're talking about the issues with gambling it seems like everything's becoming more professionalized and yet college football is about the amateur athletics do you feel we're losing the soul of college football we're losing the sight of why most coaches including yourself got into coaching in the first place well, I, I would certainly agree that there are some challenges that um, the current situation, you know, that we're in um, presents uh, in terms of is amateur athletics, name, image, and likeness is a good thing for players to have the opportunity to make money. But when it turns into pay for play, When it turns into pay for play, I don't even know how to turn this thing off. When it turns into pay for play, then now you're getting into a different area. And I think when you start talking about players being employees, uh, you're talking about unions, uh, you're talking about now you're getting paid for something, you have to pay tax. Um, and, you know, we probably invest, I don't know, Greg Byrne could tell you better, eighty-five to to $100,000 on every player that we have, whether it's academic support, tutoring, personal development programs, whatever it might be, there's a tremendous investment that's made in player development, not only football-wise, but academically as well as personally. So you're going to have to start paying tax on all that? Just because you got a tutor, you got to pay tax on what it costs? I, I don't know. You know, um, do you have to pay tax on the gear that you get? So all of these things, to me... You know, I, I made the statement years ago, and I got very criticized for it. <laughs> Is this what we want college football to become? So now it's kind of becoming that. And uh, I don't think it's going to be a level playing field uh, because some people were showing a willingness to spend more than others, where if you want to bring the NFL into it, you know, they have a salary cap. They have all the things that level the playing field. And we could put guidelines on some of this stuff that would do the same thing. You know, I think the big mistake that people make is college athletics is not a business. People say it's a business. It's not a business. It's revenue producing. When I was the coach at the Miami Dolphins, Wayne Huizenga owned the team. That was a business. He took a profit. He made money. He made a huge investment. That doesn't happen in college athletics. We reinvest every cent right, that gets made into to non-revenue sports, to scholarships, to a lot of things that create a lot of opportunity for a lot of people, which is really, really good. So we're not talking about the same thing. It's not really a business. It's revenue producing. And nobody takes a profit. All the money gets reinvested and other opportunities for other people, whether it's facilities, whether it's scholarships, whether it's opportunities for people to play. And if we continue down this road, are we gonna be able to continue to have those opportunities? I think those are all good questions that somebody probably ought to answer. Now, here's my real problem with this, Shane. I mean, I, there's some truth to what he's saying, but since when is Alabama on a level playing field with anybody? Never. You know what I mean? So you can't sit here and, you know, this is an opportunity. If not for NIL, Shane, uh, Luther Burden is probably at Georgia or Alabama. Yeah. Without NIL, Nico is probably at Alabama or Georgia. And, and I mean, we yeah. can go on and on and on. And that's, 
you know, that's not just recruiting. That's keeping players on your roster that yeah. Kirby Smart and Nick Saban are looking at here and say, hmm, if he jumped in the portal, we'll, we'll get you tomorrow. You know what I mean? But yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like NIL levels the playing field. And the fact that when this all came out, it was Nick Saban and Kirby Smart were two of the biggest voices against and Dabo. And now, yeah. you know, Dabo's not adapted and his his program's crumbling here. Kirby Smart's managed it excellent, of course. But uh, I don't know. I, I feel like this lifts the rest of the country. What do you think? Yeah, I, again, I, I think the NIL and, and, and the pay-to-play is becoming a, a filter. It's it's filtering these teams. Mm-hmm. It's eventually going to get to three or four Power Five conferences, and that's and, and they're all getting paid. Now, is there going to be some sort of salary cap at a point? Maybe. You know, I, I would imagine. It's a little bit of a wild, wild west right now. But to come out and listen to Nick Saban complain that it's not fair or that it's not even is is – is very hypocritical because in the same conversation he talks about putting in eighty to a hundred thousand dollars per player. Do you think Mississippi State's doing that right now? Do you do you mm-hmm. think you, do you think uh, maybe Vanderbilt their education may be up there? But do you think that they're spending the extra on the on the kids' gear and and and, and tutors? Probably not. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I I just I don't know. I find that a little. I just find it kind of dumb, honestly. And it's, Nick Saban says a lot of great things, and 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 he'll be remembered for a lot of the speeches that he's made. He's he's a fantastic coach and a fantastic motivator. But but this whole NIL thing's not fair for me. And the Alabama Crimson Tide is a joke because look how much money and revenue they're bringing down there. Look how much kids that are getting paid down there on NIL. You know, and now there's some other universities that's starting to pay a little bit more, and you're upset. That's 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 it's a joke to me. Right. Yeah, and I agree. And they wouldn't have to be spending all this if uh, if it was a level playing field. You know what I mean? <laughs> they just had the number one recruiting class, Mike. I mean, how bad are you really hurting there, Nick? You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, you know who else was on one, Shane? You already alluded to it. Eli Drinkwitz. Bad. I mean, he, he really crushes it in these settings. One of his comments went viral. We'll get to that in a moment. And it it went viral for the wrong reasons. But before we get to that... You know, I think he put it best of all the coaches that were asked, Shane, eight game, nine game, where do you stand? What's Missouri's stance? Let's kick it over to Drink. And the moment on the eight versus nine scheduling. Well, based on the information, the last information that I was given, uh, which the last time it was really discussed at length with the coaching, with the coaches that I'm aware of was last year at this uh, meeting. I'm, I'm on a nine-game schedule. Uh, I, I like the setup of, of three permanents. I think the more permanents that you have, the more that you can measure your program against uh, consistent opponents. I also think um, you know it preserves the the um, basis of the SEC. I think you know the Southeastern Conference is the best conference in college football because of its fans and the passion of its fan base. Uh, and I think you run the risk of of losing that with short-sightedness of, uh, well, this schedule's not fair for me. Uh, it's not fair for me if I have to play eight or blah, blah, blah. I think the reality of it is preserving the uh, primary and secondary rivalries of this league, I think, are important to the league. I think it's important to the fan base. I think it's important now more than ever with the competition for uh, dollars and passion in sports. Uh, 
you move too far away from it, you're going to open the door for fans to travel to uh, other venues for entertainment. Do you get the sense that most coaches um, have that mindset of what's best for the league, what's best for fans? Or- no, I think most coaches, I mean, I, I don't blame them. Um, most coaches are wired because of the, the um, golly, I'm with a bunch of journalists. I lost my words. <laughs> uh, with, with the uh, high turnover of our jobs, right? It, it's it's hard to it's hard to have any vision other than what's right in front of us for the next six months, and totally understand that it would be more favorable uh, in some instances. I, my argument is that. Um, you know, with one permanent and seven consistent rotating games, you, there's not enough um, consistency in that schedule, and we don't have enough control over who those seven games are. I mean, our conference uh, ebbs and flows with teams that are up and down, you know, except for maybe the top two or three. And so you may get a year where you, you know, your seven games, you match up with uh, a team that's having a heck of a run, you know, and. I don't know that there's going to be enough consistency when there's consistency of your opponents for three straight. You know, you know these are the three teams that I'm going to play. Uh, you can kind of measure yourself and are you improving, um, or did I just run into one of the seven teams that were having an unbelievable year and, and really did well out of the portal or blah blah blah. Eli, how important is it when you're recruiting, particularly maybe a kid outside of the footprint of the SEC, and you can tell them, hey, you come stay four years, you'll go to every. Everyone home and away. Is that a joke? <laughs> I'm being serious. Like, what what kids do we have that are staying for five years now? <laughs> I mean, I, I just got a list of the transfer portal. Like that that's one of the most ridiculous arguments I've heard about why we should have non divisions and rotate people through the league. Like, I, I don't even understand that argument. Uh, yeah, that that is that that is trying to justify your reasoning without having real facts. It's like, oh, we'll we'll throw this one out there. But look at college football and how much has changed in the last three years, um, and how much roster turnover there is. Um, outside of a few walk-ons who really love your program, there's very few guys that are going to stay in your. I mean, we ought to give out medals for those guys. I mean, that ought to, they ought to be here at the SEC awards. All right, Chase. So I mean, I think he hits the nail on the head here. I mean, you come to the SEC not to make excuses. Uh, damn near the rest of all the college football is now playing nine conference games aside from the SEC. And what is this really about? The people that are against it, they're looking out for themselves. They're looking out for their paycheck. And he certainly understands. But, hell, man, these guys get paid a ton of money. It's, it's kind of hard to sit here and, and cry for them. You know what I mean? It's kind of funny, too, that that how the media – and questioned Riddle or uh, shit, Riddle. You must have had text come in. <laughs> Let me do that one again. You ready? Yeah. I just I find it funny how how the media questioned Saban, and then how they questioned Eli. I mean, <laughs> they, they really teed him up, and, and it, I mean, they sent some dingers his way, and he handled it. I, I I must admit, and this is one of my favorite question answers because it it almost it it kind of changed my mind, man. I've been a fan of the nine and the rotation and seeing multiple teams. I've been a fan of, you know, the, the same old argument that a kid can come to your school and, and go to all these universities, but then he squashes it, man. He talks, I don't know if you're going to play that clip, but damn, he talks about, you know, what kid 
I mean, they just asked him about Lovett, you know. Lovett didn't get to see all the stadiums with Mizzou. He's down there in Georgia now. So these yeah. kids leave. These kids go to the pros, you know. They, they they could care less about going these different venues. So this is just for us fans. So, you know, part of me is like, man, maybe I was thinking of this wrong. Because then you do think about some of those heated rivalries, like I mentioned earlier, and those heartstrings that it pulled on because they mean more. So uh, you can't just boil it down to one team. Uh, you do that there's i don't know i just feel like you're you're taking a little bit away from some of the other games that you grew up watching right well and then here's the comment shane where the went viral that um i think was clearly taken out of context so we're gonna we don't cut coach comments on this show we play the whole clip here uh eli on nil and how there's you know there's there's a lot to be to think about here instead of just you know, throwing money at players. Mizzou is, is very active in NIL. Their state mm-hmm. is very active in NIL. Yeah. Uh, Drink, he celebrates it. He's got the Luther Burden chips on his desk just like I do. He has never been one to shy away from opportunities in NIL. So it was kind of foolish for people to kind of run with that out-of-context stuff. But uh, let's kick it over to him. You can listen to the whole clip, and you be the judge. Those chips got an expiration date. I mean, if I come visit, I'm just <laughs> – <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting hungry. When you see uh, issues in gambling arising, what's your approach with your team about that issue? And is there an element of surprise, or was that just kind of inevitable in your mind? Uh, y'all really are trying to get me in trouble here. <laughs> um, there's just not enough. I mean, we're trying to give. Actually, Deion Sanders had a really good quote the other day talking about young men are uh, joining a business, but we want to treat them like the kids. Um, we're giving guys 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 year old life changing money. People are making more money in NIL than my brother in law, who's a pediatrician who saves lives. Uh, and we kind of do it cavalier, and we think that there's not going to be any side effects or there's not going to be issues. I mean, um, there's information out there. There's bad actors out there always trying to make a dollar. They're involved um, in running around campuses trying to gather information. Like I, I think it's probably gonna, it's going to become one of the key issues uh, that we face in our locker rooms. I mean, the NFL's faced it more high profile than I've seen it uh, in the last 15 years in the recent you know two years. So I think it's more prevalent because there's more money involved, um, and everybody's looking for a quick way to make a dollar. Um, and so, you know, I've been known to play blackjack myself. So, you know, I don't, it, it's a tough deal. And like I said, the, these young men are getting a lot of money that is uh, a lot right now. And they're not uh, other than trying to hand out advice um, and provide some parameters to it. You know, we talk about in recruiting, you, you recruit your own problems. You know, with this NIL situation, we've created our own problems in college sports. All right, Chad. So you see, the the comment that went viral, of course, was, yeah, I mean, they make more than my brother-in-law. He's a doctor, all this, yada, yada, yada. But I think there's a point to what he's saying here. It's just, you know, some of these, and maybe let's look at Texas A&M. Maybe that's the perfect example where you hand all these guys this money and their first year on campus, you know, they're I have to imagine they're richer than they've ever been in their life and they don't know how to handle it. And that's not across the board. That's not every player. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's yeah. – vast majority of people probably know how to handle that, but I can 
tell you, Shane, I was broke in college. Hell, I'm broke now, but I was broke in college <laughs> and I didn't handle it well. If you were to give me all this money, I probably would have uh, screwed up even more <laughs> than the, the minor things I did. You know what I mean? So I think all there's right. some, some truth to what he's saying here. Well, it's you, you, you hit the nail on the head, man. You turned me loose in college. It was it was a rough one, man. You know what I'm saying? The only the only thing that I, my parents got in the mail was uh, was my notice that I'm on probation. You know, and it's like, damn, Shane, we cut you loose for for eight months, six months, and this is what you're doing. So it's like. You put millions of dollars in my pocket. Lord knows what, what kind of trouble I'd have got into, you know. My parents would have thought I was on campus. I'd have been in Vegas, you know. So, no, I I, I think it is dangerous. And you got to remember that a lot of these kids just, they didn't come from money. They, and they don't know how to handle it. And, and, and you got to remember family and friends and the people that leech on around you and, and trying to drain you and get a little piece of the action, a little piece of the pie. I can, I can only imagine the stress that these kids are going through when all they had to do their entire life was just go to school and play football, get better, lift weights, run. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, now I have to manage a business because that's what you're doing. You're, you're, you're seriously, you're, you're managing a small business. You are that business. And, and you know, if you don't have the right guidance, you know, you that that business could fold and then it not you know not move to the next level. So I feel I feel bad for some of these kids. Don't not too bad because they got millions of dollars. But <laughs> I hope and I pray that that these schools really. You want to talk about Nick Saban talking about all that money they put into it, having a team that just focuses on this, whether it be the taxes, whether it be the you know financial planning, you know, and you can only do so much because remember they're eighteen, nineteen years old. But right. I can't imagine the the amount of trouble you can get into man it's it blows my mind and then the quote of the, probably you know the entire day and probably is going to be the entire event shane the 13 colonies formed a union we can't figure out this <laughs> damn sec schedule let's kick it over to a one more time <laughs> damn, he went full dooley on this one didn't he? <laughs> why can't the sec about revenue sharing i'm just spitballing I mean, yeah, y'all are way above my figure. Yeah. They need some presidents <laughs> meet later. My, um, my, my point is, is there, given what you just said, is there a duty or responsibility on the Big Ten and SEC now that they've separated themselves? From well, I mean, there are antitrust laws, and there's things that are involved uh, that are way above my pay grade uh, um, that, that we don't all understand. So it's not that easy. You know, I, I, I'm a history teacher by trade, and it's, Every time I come to one of these meetings, I'm blown away that the 13 colonies actually formed a union. I mean, we can't agree on an eight or nine game schedule. Like, how in the world they all got together and decided we're going to defeat the British? Like, no, our, we got to defend way too much coastline. We can't play three games, you know. And then they expanded. Yeah. yeah. Some people expanded. Some people said, we'll take more of it. You know, it's, it's amazing. I don't know. Thank God. Oh, man, I love it. Oh, yeah, that was good, man. No, I really did. I, I enjoyed the entire the entire setup, and, and, and I talked about the games earlier, and it is kind of funny. One of the things that really stood, to, stood out to me about this entire pressure for him was, you know, if you go to this eight-game rotation back and forth, there's going to be years, man, that – 
because I listen to this. You know, when you listen to the coach, Nick Saban is he's got a message that that fits his narrative, but Eli at a, at a at a program that's going to have it tougher. That's you know they're gonna, they're going to have to be. I mean pitch perfect to to make an SEC championship to to compete in a in a college football playoffs it's got to it's got to run ex- extremely perfect and what happens if you catch a slew of teams that are just above par and your team may be better than it was last year but you can't tell that because all you see is wins and losses and and then next thing you know Mizzou's not going to a bowl game or something like that and you want to fire Eli even though they are having proved, even though all the work that they put in is 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 actually moving this program in the right direction, but you just caught a whole bunch of teams on the wrong day. So that right. that was an interesting topic. I don't know if that was played in this clip, but um, it makes me rethink. That's why I kind of I went back. I was like, why is he so big on these three permanent? But it is good. It it is kind of a kind of a, a temperature gauge of, of where your program is if you're beating or losing to those same teams year in, year out. Mm-hmm. All right, next we got Kirby Smart, Shane, who's, again, he was asked about the eight or nine game. He kind of poo-pooed what a big deal this is and, and on and on and on. But I think he really kind of misses the mark again. Maybe these guys at the top of the mountain. It's, give me eight, give me nine. They're just idle on the playoff. Uh, let's kick it over to Kirby. Kirby, on the uh, eight to nine game thing, what's the biggest variable for you in Georgia in the whole debate? The most overrated conversation there ever was. <laughs> Four years, you'll play everybody home and away. I mean, I get it. The traditional rivalries, you have three, you have two, you have one, you have this, you have that. I mean, you guys need something to write about bad when you start talking about this. It's just not that big a deal to me because you, you, you have to win your games to advance. Right? You need to be in the SEC championship, possibly with an expanded playoff. That's a lot better topic for me. Is somebody going to get an advantage by not going to the SEC championship and making the playoff? That's a lot better topic to me than eight or nine games. I mean, I, I don't – I think you got to win your games. And now more than ever, it's going to be that way because it's not going to be divisions. But that's true for both. What would you think about the uh, George Auburn game being played every two years if it goes to the sticks at eight? That's going to be tough, you know. There's, there's so many people that want the, that, that historic rivalry, including me. You know, I was part of that rivalry. I grew up you know, part of that rivalry. I think it's, a, it's one of the best there is. But I think it's one of the uh, costs of progress, bringing two more teams in. It's one of the costs of uh, scheduling, getting more balance in terms of you're going to play everybody. I think that it's not going to be just be George Harvard. It's going to be somebody else for somebody else. Um, sometimes you call that progress. Sometimes you upset the fan. Um, I think that that's a good debate in terms of whether fans, because your traditionalists want those rivalries and, and others want to see you play the teams they never get to see you play. And you can't have both. And it's in it that gets penalized for losing. Does that make you start to reevaluate the value of a conference championship if the ultimate goal is to make the playoffs? If that happened in that scenario you said, then probably so. But I don't know that that would happen. It used to to be everybody thought you got penalized for what bowl game you got sent to when you lost the SEC championship game. They put a thing in place to say, okay, if you lose the SEC championship, you can't fall further than this. I would think um, that we would have a system set up that if you made that, and we're not talking about divisions now because divisions were different. 
you could have two really strong teams over here and one okay team over here and they play each other. That happened some. Uh, I know when I was in Alabama at the West, you know, there were teams in the West that were sometimes better than the, the team that won the East. That's not going to be the case. So the two teams that go, you would like to think, I'm looking at it more as a competitive disadvantage of you might have to play one week or two weeks later after just playing that game, which will be the most physical game you play all year. Coach. All right, Shane, so Kirby, you know, he's not – Seeing the He'd rather be lifting weights in the basement <laughs> than hanging down at the beach right now, Mike. He ain't got time for this. But then right after they ask him, you know, well, well that means you ain't going to be playing Auburn anymore. And he's like, well, yeah, it's a pretty big deal to the fans. Yes, that's the whole point. You'd be losing a game that you play every year. You played it for over 100 years. And arguably, you know, you got a, you got a lot of rivals, but that's in the top two, top three Auburn, Georgia, and I just think if we're losing these games, Shane, on an annual basis, we're just losing a little bit more of what makes college football and the SEC special. So that's why we're sitting around debating this stuff. That's why we're talking about all this stuff. Um, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I almost like took offense to him saying, "What? That don't eight nine it don't matter to me." Well, hell, it matters to your fans. It matters to fans yeah. of Auburn, and I don't know to to just completely overlook that. I think is a little disrespectful. Well, if you put let's, – let's kind of reverse the roles here a little bit. Let's say Alabama was back on top winning national championships and Auburn was was fighting second place with them and Georgia was losing every year to both of them. I, I think then it would matter. So mm-hmm. I, I just think this is, again, perspective. What's what's the perspective of Kirby right now? It's, it's a brick wall and he's ready to run through it. Doesn't care who he plays. And why should he? Because they've been on top of the world right now. And, and that's the current trajectory that they're still on. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. 10, 12, hell, we'll put, we'll play 12 SEC games. That's, that's his mentality right now. But what does that look like four years from now? What does that look like six years from now when, you know, when these other teams get involved in the SEC and NIL is really starting to show its, show its rear, rear its ugly head as Saban would call it, you know? So I, I mm-hmm. think the, the 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 landscape of football, sometimes we measure it in five, ten-year increments, but as a whole, the, 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 it's changing, and we've got to adapt and change with it. But in that process, we're going to lose things that fans love, and I think uh, some of those rivalries is one of them. Now, next, Shay, we got uh, Hugh Freeze, obviously the new Auburn coach here, so this is kind of directly related to old Kirby here. Uh, his thoughts – on the schedule, keeping Georgia, how how important that game is to his fan base. And an interesting perspective here, Shane, really wanted to get your thoughts on this, on how to fix tampering. And Hugh, you know, all these guys, they want to go back to the good old days. But, mm-hmm. but maybe there's some merit to what he has to say here on uh, restricting transfers to a degree. Let's kick it over to Hugh. The rivalry between you and Georgia, Auburn and Georgia, how big is that? We're talking about the future here in Destin. How big is that, and how much are you going to pitch to keep a game like that every year? Well, it's huge. I mean, our, our fans, and I'm sure their fans too, and um, it goes back so far, and it's important. It's important that uh, that that you know we give our fans and, and their fans. I'm sure it's important that uh, that that game remains. Uh, vital to us now what that looks like in respect to what is best for the southeastern conference man i don't know i'm not a uh, i'm not in those discussions and i try not to i've got enough to worry about with with everything that i have on my plate that when people ask me about eight or nine games i'm like 
talk to Dr. Roberts and John Cohen. I, I, you know, what is best for Auburn? What is best for the SEC? Are those things the same? You know, I know all those discussions will take place. From a football coach's perspective, the biggest question I would have is just as important <clears throat> as those games are to us, you know, how does this, how does the playoff look at it? You know, if you're an SEC opponent and you're really quality and you won a lot of good games, but you drop two to, to, to top teams or a third one, you know, do you still get in? Um, and, and when the when the playoff expands, and I don't, I, I think all of those are unknowns. So, you know, ultimately, I think we as coaches just say, hey, give us our marching orders. Tell us what it is and what is best for our conference, and hopefully, it aligns with what's best for our school. But ultimately, I think it's in the uh, it's in the right hands with it being in the ads and presidents, and obviously the commissioner and his staff. So. Um, whatever comes out of that, then then we will let's go do it. Do you have an answer on on tampering, and do you expect that to be a subject of discussion among coaches this week? Uh, I would expect it to come up. Uh, I, you know, I don't think my answer is uh, is uh, yes. I do have my preference and answer. Is it doable in today's time? I, I would love to see it go back to you know, players not being able to transfer and be immediately eligible unless the coach leaves or is fired or they graduate. And I think that eliminates tampering. You know, people are not going to come take players if they have to set out unless it's uh, one of those two reasons. I think they, they have a right to do that, but I don't think that will ever happen again. So... Outside of that, I don't know how you really stop some of the discussions that will take place. And they're, you know, they're they're happening. Um, they happen a lot of different ways. And I don't know that it's always the school that starts it. And and so it's going to be very difficult, I think, to eliminate that totally, um, unless you go back to some of the transfer modifying them, which I don't think. It'll ever go back to the sport seems to be getting more. All right, Shay. So uh, some interesting comments there from Hugh. But um, you know, we get hell. We've we've had this on the hotline. How do we fix tampering? And you know, I'm all for players being able to transfer. So I don't know if I'm fully on board with this, but perhaps it would solve a lot of these tampering issues. What What's your thoughts? I don't know, man. It just seems like. I was kind of a fan of, of the way it was prior to. Like, if you graduate, you could transfer and play immediately. If right. you transfer within the SEC, you sit out a year, and then you get to play. I I, I don't understand why we why we got away from that, you know. I, I Because that would prevent tampering. I mean, if I told you, okay, yeah, I tampered and, and made you come to freaking Athens – but you got to sit out a year. I mean, what kid wants to sit out a year? You know, you're you're only planning on being in college three years anyway and going to the NFL. So mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I think something like that wouldn't be bad idea um, because it's it's happening. It's a part of it, man. I mean, these kids they switch. Lovett's making a, a ten times as much money down there in Georgia than he was in Mizzou. So uh, why? 
I mean, it's, and I'm not saying that's, that's not my example, but I'm, I'm just saying we see it all, all day, every day. These, these kids are bouncing around the SEC, finding a home, making some money. And, and you better believe there's some phone calls coming down before they hit the portal. Oh yeah. No, I think, I think all the big time players, Shane, they already know where they're going before they even get in the, the portal. Absolutely. You know what? Absolutely. Well, sometimes they hit it the next day. They're somewhere else. I mean, how much research did you do? You know, did you just do a quick Google and say, you know, I, I want to move my family here? No. <laughs> you know, you know exactly where you're going. You've already signed the check. So um, I just, yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. And and this is one of the topics that really wasn't prevalent with all the coaches. It wasn't a big deal. But one that was, and I wanted to ask you about, Mike, is gambling. Did yeah. you Did you notice that? It seemed like that was – I don't know. I, that felt more like noise. I mean, I know gambling's a problem, and, and, you know, you've seen a couple of kids in the NFL get in trouble for stupid bets and, and whatnot. And I don't know. I don't. Is it as big of a deal, you think, as, as you know, that, that some of the media was making it out to be down there? Yeah, it's interesting you say that, Shane, because I didn't even realize that would be a topic, like you're saying, and they were all – Man, what about gambling? What about it's this like the gambling? first two what? things they're asking about, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, DraftKings account looking like, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, you're, particularly Dick Saban and Kirby Smart, I can't imagine they even knew those apps existed. You know what I mean? No, so, Saban could barely turn his phone <laughs> off, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we, are, we are asking the wrong people these questions. But, uh, I mean, I, I do think there's something to it that uh, I don't really think this is the time or place to be discussing it with the at the damn spring meetings with these coaches. But, yeah, I mean, I think they just really got to relay the fact that we cannot be gambling because of uh, everything that goes with that. It, it just leads to potential corruption. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and even if they are, are just gambling on NFL, I mean, hell, half a – Georgia's roster's in the NFL now. You know what I mean? So they yeah. could be getting inside information, which is illegal. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I thought it was weird that they were asking them that, to be honest with you. But yeah. I, just, I thought it was standard. Everybody knew. You just when you're, when you're on a team like this, you cannot gamble on a game. I, and if you do, I think you, you get kicked off university forever. Yeah. Well, I don't see a lot of young people doing it. Maybe I'm just not hanging out. I mean – Maybe the my kids, none of them are talking about their DraftKings accounts or FanDuel's <laughs> accounts, and I'm, you know what I'm saying? It's like they're, right. it just it's not in the. But maybe there is a maybe the kids. It's it's different. I don't know. You know, I'm 40 years old, Mike. You know, I don't I don't have a lot of 18 year old buddies anymore. You know, so uh, it, it may be a little bit different, but it just seems like this is not the problem. But again, you're talking money. You know, and, mm-hmm. and these kids got a lot of it, and you got a good feeling about something. You may, I, I don't know. I don't know. Now I'm just making a story. Yeah. I, I keep circling back to Vegas, you know. I, I just think <laughs> if I had millions of dollars, they couldn't keep me out of that damn town. All right, last one, Shane, real quick here. I just thought this was the perfect answer from old Jimbo because, you know, they they made it known. They want to play Texas. Give us Texas. Yeah. We'll play Texas anywhere, anytime in the SEC, but uh, again, going back to that eight-game schedule, if if that's the way we go, there's no guarantee Texas and Texas A&M are going to face each other annually, which would be the stupidest damn thing. Might as well not even yeah. be in the SEC. But here's Jimbo. He's asked about it. He wants to play them. And they, they said, well, hell, what if Texas, they won't play Oklahoma. They don't want to play A&M. 
Let's kick it over to him. One more game. If you're allowed only one permanent rival, who does A&M want? <laughs> I mean, if you say when when Texas comes in the thing, I mean, of course you'd want Texas. I mean, because that's the traditional rival and the things you have. But there's a mm-hmm. lot of great ones in the SEC too. I mean, you love playing like you know whatever the model goes was one seven or three six. You know what I mean? I mean three six different schools you'd have you'd mix in. I mean mm-hmm. LSU's become a great rivalry for us right there. I mean different schools in there. But I think as you go traditional rivalries of A and M, you would probably say Texas. Right. That's why it should be three six, right? Because right, well, Texas wouldn't pick I don't, A&M. Huh? Because Texas wouldn't pick A and M. That's fine with me. Listen, we're not gonna live our life worrying about Texas. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? We're gonna live our life worrying about A and M and what's best for A and M. And that's great and that has nothing to do with them. They're a great school. They do what they need to do. We need to do what we need to do. All right, guys. All right, Shay. So I I think Jim nailed that one yeah give us texas if texas is too afraid then that's fine we'll we'll do what's best for texas a&m i love it man i love it man <laughs> this is gonna be good there's no way we cannot make this an annual event you know what i'm saying yeah i don't yep. know maybe we should go to at least two two permanent rivalries because and the only reason i'm saying that is because texas should play te- oklahoma and texas should play texas a&m every single year that we were, we've been promised that. That's the only reason you're here. And now you're going to create a schedule where it doesn't happen. Jeez, get the hell out of here, Mike. I'm telling you, Shane. I, I really do think this is this is the way it's going to happen. If and they may go to nine games after a couple of days here of, of back and forth, they may say, "Well, hell, this is ridiculous. Let's just go to the nine. They may do that. But if they don't, if they stay at eight, which will be asinine, I think they'll only do it for a year. And I yeah. think. That every one of these games we're talking about, we want to see Georgia Auburn. They'll put that on the slate. Texas, Texas A and M. They'll put it on the slate. Tennessee, Alabama. They'll put it on the slate. So that in a year from now, they'll say, "Okay, that was stupid. <laughs> Let's get yeah. to the nine. We got the yeah. money. That's the key thing is the money. The money from ESPN. And I don't think that they're going to get any guarantee in the next two days that that yeah. they're getting that money. But in the next year." They can get that guarantee, and I, that's what's holding up this whole damn thing. Yeah, I think you. I think you hit. It's like me and my <laughs> diet. You know, it's like, all right, I'm going on a diet tomorrow, but I, I already know that I've got cookies in the fridge that I can eat tonight. <laughs> you know, so it's like I'm like I'm dead set. Let's get some. we tomorrow. We're going shopping. We're eating healthy. But we got to get rid of this other stuff. You know? <laughs> so, got to make room for it. <laughs> that's exactly what we're got. We're going to still get our cake and eat it too, Mike. So I, I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head. We we start with eight. We move to nine, and the games that we want to watch miraculously show up on the schedule. <laughs> yep. All right, buddy. Well, hey, it's a late one, so unless you got anything else here, I'm ready to call it a show. Yeah, Mike, I'm getting a little out of hand, so it's probably good we wrap this thing up. Thanks again for everybody that's followed us to this point. Uh, be sure to get on the uh, the old YouTube. Subscribe, that SEC podcast. Uh, been doing my big orange walks, Mike. Uh, down 30 pounds now, brother, so it's starting to pay off. Maybe you won't even recognize me at Media Days. I told you, they're going to think I'm Tim Tebow running around. (laughs) My doppelganger. So, all right, that's the beer talking, Mike. Let's cut her off. Hey, brother, I've had a great time, and it's good to have some SEC content. Be sure to jump on tomorrow. We're going to have some more. And Mike is lining up a pretty special guest later this week. So we'll keep you at, uh, at abreast on that as well. 
Yeah, I think that's the first time you ever used that word on this show, Shay. But is that how I, you say it? Because I was really, I was like, is it at a breast? Is is it? I don't know. I, you nailed it the first time. Trust me. Okay, now I'm butchering it. All right, don't edit this, Mike. Let them know I'm dumb. I think we cut it right there. All right, man. Get out. Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate, and the pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.